This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Interviews. Uh, welcome to News Laundry. Uh, my name is Kshitaj Malhotra and today we're at uh, Professor Arun Kumar's home. Uh, Professor Arun Kumar is a retired professor of economics at JNU and uh, he's uh, worked a lot in this field and one of his areas of expertise is black money. But uh, today we won't be talking about black money but instead something else uh, which has been uh, you know, hogging headlines recently. Uh, the farmers' protests in Maharashtra and Madhya Pradesh and uh, recently the farm loan waivers. Uh, so, uh, sir, the Maharashtra government yesterday announced that it's going to uh, waive loans of uh, all farmers. Uh, I just uh, want to ask, that happened after 11 days of protests, and some of the uh, protests also turned violent. So, firstly, to begin with, I just want to ask you that what, who does a farm loan uh, waiver benefit? Does it benefit all farmers? Uh, because the idea that people get usually is that you know each and every farmer yes. uh, who uh, owes a certain amount of money to somebody to a bank or a uh, you know cooperative bank or whatever it is, they all walk scot free. This is especially the middle class sentiment here is that uh, you know these farmers they don't pay their loans back and they're all walking free. So is uh, how true is that idea? Uh, what is the flaw in that idea? So you know uh, when you think of the farm loan waiver, it's like any industry taking a loan. Now, the question is, why is it that the farms have a more difficult time than maybe industry? It's not that NPAs are not there from the industry. They're large NPAs and uh, the you know write-off of loans from industry last year was about 1,14,000 crores. So, uh, wherever there's any economic crisis, there, you know, the person is not able to repay the loan. And so, therefore, the question is that, is this special to farming? Is it special to industry mm. or why is it that farms uh, have a greater problem today and why is the farm protest taking place? Uh, and the farm protest is not just in Maharashtra or in Madhya Pradesh, it started in Tamil Nadu. You know, I mean, Tamil Nadu farmers were camping in Delhi yes. for a good uh, more than a month mm. and they were, you know, protesting in all kinds of ways, you know, putting rats, yes. uh, dead snakes and so on in their mouth, you know, because they said that they're in desperate uh, situation. So we have to understand why is it that farms are in a crisis hmm. re resulting in this big demand from everywhere hmm. for farm loan waivers. Hmm. So we must understand the difference between uh, industry and agriculture. Hmm. Now uh, what happens in industry is that typically these are large units hmm. uh, which are able to fix their own price. Hmm. So they are able to fix their price on the basis of ca cost and a markup on the cost. Hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Now, in the case of the farming sector, they produce agricultural produce where they have been demanding that they should also be given cost plus a margin cost. Huh? Mm -hmm. And Swaminathan Commission had suggested that there should be a 50% over and above the cost. Mm -hmm. And that's why a lot of people are demanding that Swaminathan Commission report should be implemented. And even when this government came to power, at that time uh, the present Prime Minister, he had promised that yeah. we'll do that for the farmers. Huh? Mm. But that has not happened. Mm. So in the case of uh, agriculture, what has been happening is that there is the Agricultural Costs and Prices Commission, mm. which recommends what the procurement price should be. Mm. Because that they say they work out the cost and then on the basis of the cost, they work out you know some kind of a price that the farmers should get. 
So that is what the procurement price uh, or the minimum support price uh, mechanism is in the case of agricultural produce. Mm -hmm. Now, what the farmers are saying is that, that the price that is recommended mm -hmm. is not really the true, uh, not doesn't cover the true cost. Okay. Because what happens is that, you know, uh, in the case of, say, industry, mm. you have capital and then you, there's a return on capital that is given. Mm. Then the costs are uh, raw materials and wages and overheads. So all the costs are getting covered. Mm. But now the farmers say that our all the costs are not covered mm. because suppose I'm working on my own farm. Mm. Uh, then I'm doing labor. Mm. I have my own, say, assets mm. which I use uh, on the farm. Mm. They say that is not fully covered. Mm. So they are claiming that many of the costs that they incur are not fully covered. Mm. And that's why they say that farming is no more remunerative. Yeah. And that's why in the recent surveys, you know, 40% of those who are in farming, mm. they've been saying they want to leave farming and mm. do uh, non-farming jobs, mm. service sector jobs, industry mm. jobs, etc. But mm. because in our economy there are very few of such jobs, mm. so they're stuck in agriculture. Mm. So therefore, in a sense, what has happened is that uh, in the farming sector, they are claiming that they are not getting the remunerative price which will make it viable. Yeah. Now, if the, your uh, situation is not viable and you've taken a loan, hmm. then repayment of loan becomes difficult. Hmm. Now, the loan can be taken either from the banks, hmm. the formal banks, hmm. or from the informal sector, you know, the local landlord, the local uh, sahukar and hmm. so on and so forth. So this farm loan waiver will pertain only to the formal structure of banks, okay. but not to the sahukars and other such uh, entities where you, they get the informal loans. No? Okay. So the two components of the loan that are there, one from the formal sector and the other from the informal sector, mm -hmm. so this farm loan waiver per pertains to the formal sector. Okay. Now how much is it from the informal sector and what will happen to that, mm -hmm. that is not being covered by this. Hmm? Okay. So and you know it is also quite likely that the rich farmers or the bigger farmers will mm -hmm. take much more loan than the small farmers and mm -hmm. so on because of the kind of operations they have. Mm -hmm. So uh, the big loans, you know what the Maharashtra government is saying is that mm. those loans which are taken by the well-off sections, you know, mm. in the name of farm credit, mm. they will not give, be given waiver huh? okay. because those are the better off people, the businessmen and the others who, you know, got large farms mm. and who, who is they're cultivating and for which they're taking a mm. big amount of loan. Mm. So possibly what will happen is that there'll be some kind of cutoff that okay. if your loan is up to this much amount, then there'll be a farm loan waiver. Hmm. But if the loan is above certain amount, hmm. then it can be presumed that you are a big operator hmm. and then maybe, you know, you will not get uh, relief. Okay. So uh, here also, you know, there could be some disparity. It's possible that the small and the marginal farmers hmm. may be taking mostly from the informal sector That's and not from the formal, formal sector. And the mm. bigger farmers may be taking more from the formal sector and uh, not from the informal sector. Mm. So if the formal sector loans are uh, given relief mm. in terms of loan waiver, mm. then it may benefit the mo be better off ones more than the, uh, you know, uh, the ones who are uh, smaller in size of operation. But this detail will have to be seen okay. and the government is saying that they'll set up a committee mm. uh, to do that. What is the role of demonetization yeah. in all so, of this? You see, uh, what happened with demonetization is that there was a, a, a split between north and south. Okay. So south, the crop comes in early. North, the crop, the kharif crop comes in later. And then the sowing of the rabi crop takes place. Now, in the north, the uh, note ban came precisely when the kharif crop had come in and the rabi crop had to be planted. So what happened was initially they were not able to sell the crop. 
they weren't able to use the old notes to buy inputs. So the planting of the Ravi crop got delayed. Now, when you have a delay in the planting, what it means is that the moisture is less in the field. Okay? And therefore, you have to put in additional inputs, like additional water, etc. And therefore, you have additional costs. So, what probably has happened is that the Rabi crop uh, in North India, was because of the delay, because of this uh, note ban, probably has a higher cost of operation than earlier. So even though the rainfall was good and therefore the crop is good, yeah. but maybe the cost is higher. Okay. Secondly, what happened was that, you see, there was a collapse of demand. Hmm. So the organized sector people, the middle class people, the poorer people, they were buying less than what should be bought. Okay. So that's why, as far as the perishables are concerned, hmm. vegetables and fruits, you know, hmm. their prices collapsed. Hmm. Now, also because the dal output was very high, hmm. okay, so there also the output was higher, but the demand from the public was less. Hmm. And that's why, you see, dal prices also crashed as compared to earlier years. Mm -hmm. So many commodities, hmm. whether it be dals or vegetables or fruits, you know, hmm. their prices in November, December, January, February hmm. were lower than what they used to be earlier. Okay. So there's both an effect of a higher output hmm. and of lower demand. Okay. So, you know, if the demand had been high, hmm. then the prices would not have crashed so much. Hmm. So, for the first time in uh, many years, you found, you know, vegetables selling in Delhi market for 7 rupees, 9 rupees, 10 rupees in the retail uh, hmm. market. Hmm. Whereas earlier, they wouldn't come down below 20. Mm -hmm. So, what the farmer probably was getting was a very small percentage. So, you know, I saw reports during the month of January, February and so on, uh, that farmers were not uh, harvesting their vegetables. And letting the cattle eat it because they said it will cost us more to uh, harvest the crop and go to the mandi to sell it. Okay. So better to let it just go. So all that suggests that farm incomes drop for a large percentage of the population. Now those who may have planted wheat or uh, I mean paddy and now wheat in this season because those you can store, so there the prices may not be affected as much as in the case of those crops like vegetables and fruits and so on, you okay. know, or like dal which, you know, had this problem. Hmm. So those are the kind of things where a large percentage of farmers are involved now. Hmm. Because they've been promoting horticulture, floriculture and all these things. Hmm. Now if those prices drop, then those farmers also probably had a crisis. You know? mm -hmm. So, demonetization affected in two ways. Mm. One was probably the, the cost of cultivation probably was higher mm. because of delay in planting in North mm. India mm. and the delayed inputs and higher inputs, etc. Mm. The second was the drop in demand mm. because of demonetization which resulted in you know, the prices of many of these commodities falling very sharply. So, therefore, the incomes got affected. Okay. Huh? Now, therefore, you know, it, it may not be the case that all farmers lost income. Hmm. because of demonetization. But if a substantial proportion of them lost uh, income because of demonetization, hmm. then th there would be a protest that would take place. Hmm. And that would get generalized even to the farmers who are cultivating, say, wheat and paddy, hmm. because they have always been having this feeling that they are being cheated. Hmm. You know, that the, their producer is not collecting the amount of money, uh, the amount of income that they should get. Hmm. So therefore, they anyway have this grouse Mm. that the city dwellers are able to get income very easily, whereas we have to work very hard to get incomes. No? Mm -hmm. Then the third factor in all this is the trade. You see, uh, when uh, the farmers are complaining, 
that uh, they are getting only 50 paisa or 1 rupee or 2 rupees mm -hmm. for their tomatoes and onions and potatoes mm -hmm. in the delhi market will not sell less than 10 12 15 rupees mm -hmm. so that means the bulk of the final uh, price that is being paid by the consumer mm -hmm. actually is going to trade and transport and not to the farmer Okay. So if you're selling, say, uh, potato in Delhi mm. for 12 rupees and in the farm you're getting it for 1 rupee, mm. then 12 times what the farmer is getting mm. is uh, being collected uh, by the in-between chain. Mm. Mm. So the farmer says that we don't get enough on our produce, even if the consumer is paying more. Mm. So this gap between what the consumer is paying and what the farmer is uh, getting hmm. at his farm gate, hmm. you know, there are different prices. One is the farmer getting the price of the farm gate, hmm. another is in the wholesale market, yeah. and third is in the retail market. Okay. Huh? Hmm. And each time there's a markup of maybe 200, 300, 400 percent, you know. So therefore the farmer is saying that, look, you are complaining that you are paying more, but we are not getting more. It's the in-between people who are absorbing all the margins. Hmm. So in the Indian context also what has uh, been happening is mm. that the farmers get a very small part of what the consumer pays. Mm. So the consumer is dissatisfied that the price is high yeah. and the farmer is dissatisfied that my price is very low. Yeah. Huh? And both may be correct. Okay. 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 So the farmer who is getting only say 1 rupee or 2 rupee or 3 rupee for his produce, mm. Huh? Mm. Uh, when he is not collecting enough income, mm. then the loans pile up. Because then he's not in a position to repay. Yeah. And partly it also happened in the month of November mm. that the old notes were with the farmers or when they went to sell uh, their produce in the mandi because of the non-availability of notes, the mandis were empty for the first 15, 20, 25 days. Mm. Huh? Mm. So therefore they probably had to borrow from the uh, local uh, fellows huh? mm. and probably at high prices. Hmm. And even when they applied inputs hmm. for their crops, hmm. uh, for the rabi crop in the month of November, hmm. uh, they had to take it on credit hmm. because the old notes were there. Now that credit may also have been a high cost credit. Hmm. And therefore they probably had to pay a higher interest rate on that. Okay. okay? So on the one hand you are having higher cost, on the other hand your income is dropping hmm. and therefore you are squeezed in between, you are not able to have surplus to repay the loans. Hmm. And therefore, if there is a loan default, then the bankers will come and they will not give you the loans further or they will try and confiscate your uh, property against which you have uh, taken the loan. Hmm. So there has been a real crisis in the hmm. farming sector hmm. uh, because of the fact that they feel that there is unremunerative price that they are getting. Hmm. So even though the retail price may not fall as much, but their price may fall more because the traders and the transporters etc. are squeezing them. Okay. So that is what underlies a lot of this crisis that has taken place uh, now. And it's quite generalized. I mean, it's there in Maharashtra, it's there in Madhya Pradesh, there yeah. in Tamil Nadu, you know. And then in UP, there was a demand. So at the time of the UP, uh, UP election, uh, you know, this was there. So as soon as the new chief minister came in UP, he then uh, gave the uh, waiver. Hmm. And once one state does it, hmm. then the demand is going to come up everywhere. Obviously. Even those farmers who are not facing that kind of a crisis at the moment, hmm. but because they have a sense of grouse, yeah. uh, they would also make this demand. Mm -hmm. Because they they've had a grouse that we are not we are not remunerated enough. Mm -hmm. That our remuneration is very small. The uh, f fellows in the city they make easy money, mm -hmm. uh, but we are the ones who work very hard and we don't uh, make enough money.
so you mentioned uh, UP, sir, and obviously uh, Maharashtra as well has now uh, waived the loans. Yeah. And uh, even in Punjab, uh, the Congress party before coming to power had promised in its manifesto that they would waive the loans. That has not happened until now. So I have two questions, sir. A, it, you know, uh, people have uh, sort of accused these political parties of, you know, subject, you know, falling prey to economic populism. Uh, you know, just to win an election, they say that it will, uh, you know, they will uh, waive off the farm loans. And they point out to the poor financial situation in the states. Uh, that is one question. And B, is it sort of now become a sort of a political carrot to you know dangle in front of uh, uh, the agrarian uh, population to vote us into power and we will uh, wave off your loans so i mean definitely it's a political question i mean there's no doubt but what is the underlying basis of this the underlying basis is the rural unrest um, you find that for the youth there's a problem of employment generation they want to leave farming and do a non-farm uh, job. They want to come to the towns, hmm? but they don't get proper jobs. Huh? So hmm. when they come to town, they will uh, drive a rickshaw or pull a thela or do some headload work hmm. or something like that. Huh? But they don't get a proper job. So even, for instance, uh, in UP in 2015, the uh, 360 jobs of peons that were advertised for, hmm. and they got 23 lakh applications for that. And it would have taken them eight years to fulfill, uh, to do all the interviews. Where they only asked for fifth class pass and uh, you required to uh, ride a cycle. Mm, so everybody could. And there were 380 PhDs who applied. Mm, there were 2 lakh B.Tech, M.Tech, B.Com who applied. Okay. So you can imagine mm. that, you know, people after doing PhD want to do a peon's job. Now, partly it is because the government job is secure. Mm. But partly it's a sense of frustration. Mm that I'm not getting the job that I should get and therefore I want this kind of a job. Mm. Similarly, the most prosperous community in Gujarat, the uh, Patels, mm. they are protesting yeah. for reservation. Marathas in Maharashtra mm. protesting for reservation. Jats, which are the prosperous community of North India, are protesting for reservation. Mm. You know, Kapus in uh, Andhra Pradesh are uh, protesting for reservation. So why is this happening in the most prosperous communities? Because the youth is not getting the jobs. Mm. Mm. And a lot of farmers, the young farmers, they want to quit and come into the towns. They want to get proper jobs. So this job crisis is adding to the crisis in the lives of the farming community. Because they'd find that they're not able to get proper income in spite of doing hard work. Okay, They're not able to get the jobs that they want to get jobs. So there's a lot of frustration. So the underlying basis of why this political demand is coming up is a lot of frustration in the rural areas, a lot of frustration in the farming community, a lot of frustration among the youth in these areas where they're not able to get jobs. So then to cash in on that, the political parties will make promises. Like they will promise a better price, they'll promise farm loan waivers, etc. So we must see that there's a linkage between the political populism and the economic crisis that is facing the country. Okay. So the two are not separate from each other. Mm. Now, it is true that if you just keep doing farm loan waiver, mm. then that's not a permanent solution. True. The permanent solution is how to get the farmers a better income. Mm. And yet, because food is basic, if the food prices are high, then the poor people in the whole country will suffer. Mm. Because a lot of poor people in the rural areas also have to buy. If the prices are high, then they also suffer. Mm. Poor people in urban areas will also suffer. Mm. So the government has had a policy of not allowing farm prices to rise too much. Mm. That's why the Agricultural Prices Commission 
doesn't allow the farm prices to rise too much. Huh? Mm -hmm. Because if, if they rise too much, then your poverty level uh, will also uh, go up correspondingly. Mm -hmm. So you have to balance the thing that how to get farmers a higher income mm -hmm. without allowing the food prices to rise uh, substantially. Okay. So for that, what you require is a lot of investment in rural areas so that the productivity of farming goes up. Mm -hmm. You know, you require investment in uh, irrigation. Mm -hmm. you, uh, see, irrigation will also get you more certainty in terms of your uh, produce. Mm -hmm. Then you require proper storage facilities. Then you require proper food processing, etc. So that in bumper crop years, mm -hmm. when the crop is high, like for instance this time, mm -hmm. then that crop is picked up and processed. So if you have processing of tomatoes and then storage of potatoes and storage of onions, then that can be taken over to the next year when there may be a crisis and when the prices... So prices are unstable mm. in agriculture mm. and that creates a crisis for the farming community. So this year has been a good monsoon year. So crop is good, but the previous two years, the monsoon was bad. And therefore, there was a crisis in the rural sector because many farmers could not produce as much even though prices were higher, their overall income didn't rise. Hmm. So that, that time, their overall income fell because they couldn't produce enough. This year, they produced more, but prices have collapsed, so their income is low. Hmm. So this fluctuation in prices is also something that has to be taken care of. Hmm. For that, you require storage. For that, you require insurance and various other things. Hmm. So what has happened is that we haven't paid the attention to the rural areas and to the farming community as much as we should have paid. So a city like Delhi will get lakhs of crores of investment for flyovers and for metros and for airport and for a variety of other things. But a village will get very little. And the more resources we spend in urban areas, hmm. you know, the more uh, there will be shortage of resources for rural areas. So the gap between urban and rural areas is very high. So in a city like Delhi or uh, other cities, you'll have uh, better telecommunication facilities, better roads and better schools and better uh, uh, hospital facilities, etc. But in rural areas, you'll have uh, very little of that. Hmm. So the rural people feel discriminated. For everything, they have to come into uh, urban areas and so on. But if we had invested more in the rural areas, mm. then there would have been better productivity, better employment generation over there, etc. So our policymakers also have an urban bias. Uh, so, clearly, sir, you've indicated that farm loan waivers is something of a stopgap uh, remedy. It's not, right. obviously, not the panacea to the problems. Uh, just to, you know, obviously, it's a huge thing to talk about, you know, a very broad, uh, you know, thing. So, in what way, though, uh, is trying to resolve the agrarian problem, do, do the, you know, report of the Swaminathan Commission, uh, how does that how can that help us uh, in so, to resolve this resolve this problem? So, I mean, what uh, the Swaminathan Commission uh, report in a nutshell is talking about is higher prices, hmm, so that farmers get a higher income, hmm, uh, more investment in uh, agriculture uh, and in the rural areas, hmm, and then uh, technology upgradation that is very essential for higher productivity uh, in those areas. So, if you begin to do something like that, then without raising prices too much you'll get a higher level of income for the farmers and that will take care of that. Secondly, higher investment levels in the rural areas mean no more non-agricultural jobs. Mm -hmm. So suppose like education and health, which is highly lacking. Yeah. I mean, today, a large number of schools don't have teachers or very poorly paid teachers who are not committed to teaching. Now, imagine if you can improve your schools, millions of jobs will get created. In, uh, and you have a large pool of uh, trained manpower which is not getting jobs. So as I said, 
for uh, 360 jobs of peons, you have 23 lakh applicants with 380 PhDs and 2 lakh B.Tech, M.Tech, B.Com, M.Com. Now they could be turned into teachers rather than peons. Right, and they'll be able to then teach the children better, etc. Similarly, health facilities are greatly lacking. Mm -hmm. So, health and education improvement all over the country, and especially in rural areas, would uh, employ millions of people mm -hmm. and take care of a lot of people who want to shift out of farming into non-farming uh, jobs. Hmm? So, in other words, uh, much better investment into rural infrastructure including social infrastructure like education and health, better drinking water facilities, etc., better irrigation facilities, more technology upgradation. If you were to do a package like that, then, you know, it would work. But for that, we have to change our priorities. We have to uh, move up to at least 6% of GDP on education. We have to move up to at least 3% of uh, GDP on public health, etc. You know, so we have to divert resources from where they're going towards more of education and health. What I understand is that there's a... From all you said, sir, there's a great sense of uh, sort of injustice yes. that uh, you know the rural population is, uh, is it feels every day. I suppose. Uh, I just want to ask a last question, and it's sort of a little to mm. the sidelines, but uh, it has the same theme of injustice. So I'm just going to quote you, uh, Miss uh, Arundhati Bhattacharya, the SBI chairman, in March. Uh, mm. Uh, this year said that uh, said talking about farm loan waivers she said credit discipline breaks when you waive off farm loans uh, in june uh, like this month she wrote to the government of india uh, very worried about the loans of the telecom uh, hmm. telecom industry and she said that they'd become unsustainable and uh, suggested that uh, you know they be bailed out or be given some relief and so i just and obviously we know about you know npas uh, and uh, uh, the economic survey i read that uh, the economic survey pointed out that the top 10 defaulters uh, have an average uh, loan of rupees 40000 crores yeah. so i just continuing with this theme of injustice i just want to want you to comment on you know the, what does it say about our economic structure, the way our economies today organize that, you know, these corporate defaulters are being sort of handled with kid gloves, correct, correct. while farmers who have uh, maybe defaulted on 1 lakh or 1.5 lakh, they're kicked out of their homes and as a result, uh, they have to commit suicide. What does that s intrinsically say about our economy? So, as I said, you know, we have an urban bias mm. and we have an industry bias, you know, in our policy. Because, you see, these are powerful lobbies, huh? So, a lot of the loans that have got gone bad are either because of wrong policies, hmm. which the government followed, and then they pushed those industries to develop, and they got them cheap loans. And when the industries were in trouble, then they pushed the banks to give them more loans. Hmm. So, there's a lot of crony capitalism in uh, that also. So, there's a combination of policy uh, problem, a problem of uh, economic downturn, and crony capitalism, all three uh, coming together. And that has been handled uh, with kid glove, as you said, mm. as compared to what the loans of the farmers are. Mm. So only when the farmers get together and ask for loan waivers, do they get loan waivers. Mm. But industry, now the NPAs are running, according to various reports, at 6 uh, lakh crores, mm. 8 lakh crores, 12 lakh mm. crores. And they are expected to rise further because the infrastructure sector is doing very poorly. So whether it be roads or telecom, you know, mm. you mentioned telecom, mm. but roads and other infrastructure mm. like power, mm. they are also heavily indebted. Mm. Mm. Because what the government made a mistake was that it uh, went in for high cost infrastructure. So build these big highways like, you know, the Delhi-Agra highway, you know. Yeah. Uh, now, there's hardly any traffic in that compared to what it could take. Mm. 
so it's a high cost thing which you know for a poor population is difficult to afford mm. so people may still use the old uh, mathura road mm. you know rather than go on the highway because they don't want to pay the toll mm. they can't afford they it because it's a high cost so we should not have gone in for high cost infrastructure you know uh, that was a policy mistake that was made and uh, you know so is a combination of policy mistake crony capitalism and you know the wrong decisions that were taken uh, by the investors that the large model infrastructure sector is in trouble and their npas you know already last year the report was the 114000 crores had been written off now they are they are sensitive to it because you see this involving tens of lakhs of crores here it's small sums of money and they feel they can browbeat uh, these farmers into uh, repaying etc only when they get together do, get, do they get loan waiver so there is a clear asymmetry between the way the loans of the rich uh, are treated and how they continue for years you know like the kingfisher loan continued uh, over many many years and they kept rolling over the that uh, loan yeah. hmm, and giving more loans etc so it doesn't uh, you know collapse they would not do that for the farmers till farmers protest So it's only you know like the previous loan waiver was in the 2007-8 uh, period, yes. and then earlier you know uh, there was loan waiver in 1990-91. Again yes. you know a VP Singh yeah. time etc. So there are only periodic uh, loan waivers, and then they don't compare with the kind of loans that industry get. And yet, a lot of uh, you know reaction is there when these things are there. So Arundhati, uh, you know the State Bank of India chairperson, I mean she should have been careful. in making the statement you know because she knows that how much of uh, non performing asset and uh, this uh, problem of loans is there from industry and what percentage is coming from rural areas the rbi governor is also weighed in after yes. uh, this yogi adityanath thing yes. and then the maharashtra government under pressure mm-hmm. that this will lower the gdp by such and such percentage point mm-hmm. now they again show a very urban and industry bias mm-hmm. you know uh they don't they're not sensitive to the crisis in the rural areas the sensitive to crisis and that shows that our policy makers you know at the top have this uh, bias and that's what is being reflected when you know the farmers ask for small you know somebody 50000 20000 1 lakh rupee mm. they're asking for waivers then you know it said no no that be very bad for the economy when you know these big uh, non performing assets are there for years yeah. then we are not uh, cribbing so much you know So I think there is a clear uh, bias there in our policy makers. Thank you so so much sir, uh, for speaking to us. Thank you so much. All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. 